Schoon. SOS. The world is sinking. Nostalgia, chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. <laughs> and I'm Sam. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, a little, you know, a little who's who here. Uh, I think it's funny that we even do this to begin with because it's not like people know who we are. Yeah. You know, but they, like, like they, you're, you're, they have a name to our voice. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the ether that is Sam, you know, and someone yeah. else is the ether that is Joe. And I am the floating voice, Michael Esposito. Uh, and guys, we have we have a weird one today. It's very strange. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this game. Did anybody know anything about this game going Never into it? Never heard nope. of this I game. I thought in your email saying what game we're playing next, I thought it was a typo. It was like, that, it must be Spoon. We must be playing Spoon. Joe, what would Spoon, like what, what kind of game would that be? Uh, I think it would be like similar to, you know, well, there's a lot of food games, right? There's Burger Time. There's <laughs> definitely other food games. Absolutely. Well, Burger Time... Yeah, Burger Time's like a nightmare game. So uh, I think Scoon is kind of similar, but for the uninformed, it's a 1986, but 87 over here in the States, side-scrolling shooter game. Uh, And this one comes from Irem, a name we've heard a few times, but this is the first game that Irem has like originally made specifically for the NES. Wow, this is a special, this is a very special day, isn't it? Yeah, I just don't know if that means anything to anybody. I don't think so. It doesn't mean anything to me at all. Well, here's the thing. A lot of you guys probably don't know this about Irem, but Irem is the company behind R-Type. And does anybody know what R-Type is? Yeah, ish. So it's just funny that, like, you know, Irem's going to become known for the shmups, but here's, like, their first introduction into it with a game where you're in a submarine trying to... (laughs) I mean, it's very complicated. We're about to get into that in a minute. I don't even want to spoil anything about the plot. But I'd love to hear some initial impressions from you guys. So, uh, Sean, you want to take me through your first impression? Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what I was even getting into with this because I didn't start the game without reading the manual. And the manual is just such a a clusterfuck of of strange stories. And it's just a half-baked, like, middle school drama that somebody wrote between periods in class, I feel like. I was very disappointed by the game once I read the manual and the story, the the beautiful story that they introduced to us. Got it. Okay, Joe? Yeah, I kind of had a similar thing, too. This is one of the rare times I went straight to the manual before I played the game. And, uh, and yeah, granted, it is a very, very poorly constructed story. But the fact that they put like, they seem to have put a lot of effort into making it a story made me think this was going to be like an epic, sprawling adventure. Um, but as far as initial impressions playing the game, I thought it was interesting to have a, you know, a shmup, a shmup, this is a shmup, right? Uh, I'd consider it one of those. It's sort of a shmup. It's like an objective based shmup almost. At this point, having one underwater, kind of a little different setting than, than normally. Usually it's like space or something, but yeah. Okay. And Sam, take me through it. Um, well, I think I heard about, I, before I read the manual, Sean was like, you guys got to read the manual. Um, and so then I checked it out and it seemed, you know, it seemed really campy. But when I played the game, I, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of fun. I thought it was interesting. Um, you know, the graphics weren't great, but the gameplay I thought was pretty solid. I went through this game like pretty blind, too. I didn't look at the manual uh, despite Sean's best wishes. And, oh, OK. You know, and like 
what was interesting was is I, I loaded up and I'm like, oh, okay, it's a shmup. And then I was like, oh, but you're supposed to be like underwater or something. And then there's like cities. And then all of a sudden there's like free these people. And then all of a sudden there's a floating island. And then I'm running out of fuel. And it's like, this is a lot like to take in. So I think my initial impression was just that like this game's offering like quite a lot. I think Sam put it really well when he was said objective based shoot 'em up because th- this is the first time I'm experiencing that where like there's a goal and you also have to clear out all the enemies. Yeah, there's a lot of juggling going on that I guess I didn't really give it as much credit for than you guys are. Well, you have to like it, too. You know, it's like it's one thing to have a cool idea, but you also have to like that idea. That's true. That's true. All right. So I don't want to, like, get too much further into the game before we get into the um, the deep lore, uh, if you will. <laughs> that is the Schoon Manual. So I think we're going to kind of do our best rendition of a, uh, like, radio drama here for you guys. <laughs> Not live. This is the story of Schoon. Swiss government TV. Planet Earth is in a state of emergency. Cities all over the world are sinking into the ocean, even as I speak. My own city is sinking. The water is already up to my knees. I am sacrificing myself for this broadcast. Earth Defense Army has announced that the Neptunians, an underwater race of alien beings, have invaded Earth and are melting the polar ice caps. They are living under the sea and using humans for food. Six months ago at the Bangtoon, the rulers of the planet recognized that our world was dying. It was being turned into desert by falling meteorites. Manham livestock, which was Neptunians used for food, was being destroyed. To escape this terrible fate, the Neptunians were forced to move their entire civilization into the sea. They knew they'd be temporarily safe in the sea, but would eventually die of starvation. The Neptunian government therefore decided that the only way to save their people was to invade Earth, where there was plenty of man-ham. They constructed special spaceships with giant water tanks for them to live in during the trip, but only with the highest government officials and the beautiful Miss Neptune were able to escape before the planet was totally annihilated. About the time the Neptunians landed on Earth, a pirate named Narakeen was mining gold under the oceans of the world using his submarine, Schoon. He was a dastardly pirate and committed all kinds of crimes. When his schoon was full of gold, he would go into port and trade his gold for grog. But this time, when he tried to go into port, he discovered that it had disappeared. In fact, all the land was gone. Just then, a message came in over his radio. Mayday, mayday, Narakeen, come in, please. This is the general of the Earth Defense Army. The Neptunians are melting the polar ice caps using hot water produced by their biofactories, and all the continents are sinking. The underwater factories are also manufacturing additional warriors to help them capture Earth. Narakeen, help us. Yar, you asking me to help? I am the evil pirate Narakeen. If I help others, my reputation will be ruined. I won't be able to show my face in public again. Narakeen, don't say that. Thousands of people are captured in the Neptunian undersea domes. Are you going to allow humans to become Neptunian food? Ha 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 ha. That's what you get for eating so much fish, General. You're not as smart as you thought you were. Narakeen, please, we need you. The Pentagon has been destroyed by tsunamis, and our entire Earth Defense Army is almost completely gone. You are the only one left who can save Earth. If you kill all the Neptunians, you will be a hero. Really, General? Well, if even I can become a hero... I'll destroy the Neptunians for the good of the human race. However, Schoon, my submarine, can only carry nine people at a time. I'll need to ferry them to the safety of my small motorized island. (laughs) And I'll need plenty of fuel (laughs) to complete my mission. You've got it. The Neptunians are pretty strong. They won't be easy to defeat. Be careful. I'll send some enemy data that our intelligent forces have gathered. Study it well. 
And and then the best part, sorry guys, that's the end. The man. best part is when Narakim slowly degrades into Yoda. It, it's all a setup to get into the manual. It's like then the, 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 the preamble to the manual. Know, like the enemy data on the intelligent forces and all this like study it well stuff. That's eventually like the rest of the manual. It's, it's very like, meta. You do this. It's so cool. And it's the it's the coolest part of the part of the game. <laughs> yeah, that that sucked me in. I'm not gonna lie, that sucked me in. The beginning of that the beginning of that uh that manual story starting out with like a television broadcast i was like oh this is like a story yeah yeah we haven't really i mean like we've had some pretty good like title opening sequences where i i kind of joked like oh this feels like a movie or like you know like i'm gonna stick around for the whole credits you know but this is the first one where they really like got me uh like a story that i could believe in until they started specifying like ultra specific things like when narakeen's like my summary can only carry nine people at a time. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very heavy on exposition, and I'm I'm not sure if they thought that they were being like very if they thought this was a good story or if it was sort of tongue in cheek. I have to imagine that it's tongue in cheek. Yeah, this has got to be a legends of localization thing. I, I feel like it's also one of those things that like you're a, you're a kid and you're like this is an incredible story. This is a sprawling epic story, and then you get a few years older and you go back to it and you're like, what the heck is this? Like, it's so stupid. The thing that I like the most about this is that the pirate is concerned about his reputation, and that's like yeah. that's what's <laughs> keeping him from saving Earth. He's like the last <laughs> human left. I, I love when he says, um, you're asking me? I am Narakeen, the evil pirate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody knows that. And so here's an interesting thing. In the Japanese version, the script is only slightly altered in the fact that it, instead of it being the general of the Earth Defense Army, it's the United States of America's Pentagon. Yeah, they mentioned the, Pen the Pentagon already. So is is, is the Earth Defense Army... Or, I mean, I prefer Earth Defense Force. Is it just based out of the U.S., I guess? I'm... Yeah, I mean, I guess so, because in the Japanese manual, it straight up just says, like, this is all being done by the Pentagon. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, like, why that couldn't, like, maybe we're sensitive about the Pentagon and the Japanese aren't. But uh, just a little bit of trivia there for you guys. Wow. Like, maybe it sounds, like, more like more exotic. Earth Defense Army, that sounds pretty <laughs> right. good. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think I think this might be a prequel to Earth Defense Force. Have you guys played that game? <laughs> I have not played that game. It is campy. So I think uh, that we've got, we've got ourselves some deep lore uh, crossover here. Hmm. I like that. I like that theory. Uh, who wants to, you know, we talked a lot about the gameplay having, like, a lot going on, and I kind of briefly touched on it, but who wants to try, like, a quick... Like one minute summary of everything that you need to do in a in a, in a single level of Scoon. <laughs> I think I can get it. All right, Sam's got it. All right, I'm gonna give this a shot. So you have to rescue people, probably as your primary goal. Primary goal by using your bombs to bomb, which go diagonally downward to bomb the like containment facilities where they're being held. And when you bomb them, they all swim up into the ocean. And you have to collect them with your ship before these... Oh, hang on, let me scroll in the manual and see what they're called. Uh, oh, mine's too blurry. I can't read what the name is. <laughs> uh, it looks like a killer whale, almost, before they eat the people. So you have to scoop them up before those guys eat the people. You can hold shoot... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you talking about the sea that's, slugs? That's what? No, 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 no. He's talking about those whales. Is that what they were for? I think you had the same same thing that I did. 
I thought they were friendly dolphins for a while. I was like, oh, these things like help me or something. And after a while, one, there was one point where I was like, oh god, like they're eating oh, my allies. That's that's a killer whale. Yeah, it's an orca. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I know I what you're it. talking about now. Uh, so you got to rescue those guys, and then once you get nine of them, uh, your little floating island will appear above you, and you have to go up to the floating island and tap B, and every time you tap B, a person will be released into the island. But you still have to be careful of stuff hitting you while you're doing that. You're not invincible. Uh, meanwhile, there's a bunch of crap flying at you that you have to shoot with your weapon, um, and you upgraded, and it gets upgraded by bombing this little crab that walks around at the bottom of the ocean floor. Yeah, that was... It took way too long to figure that out, but I'm sorry, continue. And quickly as you bomb... You have to bomb the crab quick, and then it drops a power-up, or it drops something. I'm not exactly sure what it is. Uh, And then that uh, makes your boat come... Or your floating island come back, and I think it gives you fuel when it does that. But sometimes it gives you a power-up as well. Yeah, so I'll jump in for a second there, Sam, because this was the most confusing part to me was that, you know, you're limited with the, um, you know, with the fuel thing. It was like you have like a timer and you have to get it in uh, on a a certain point or else your ship just sinks. And I was like, really, that's a lot, you know, like to go from a game where you're just supposed to shoot everything to then you're supposed to rescue people and then also make sure you have fuel. And your fuel timer is what, like 60 seconds? Yeah. Right? In 60 seconds. That's like, that's not a lot of time. That's really not a lot of time to rescue nine men. You really got to be on the lookout for that crab. I think it, I think it's for the last 20 seconds of that 60 second timer. This gives you this screeching alarm. Yeah. It, I, I forget what other game we played recently that, that had a screeching alarm, but I, I wish that, I hope that by 1987, um, we stopped seeing that because this was it really made this game hard to play. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean like there's only two ways to get the fuel too. So you either rescue the nine men, uh, and then that island appears and you get the fuel, or if you get one gold ingot from the crabs and one man, just one man, mm-hmm. then you can also replenish your, yes, your fuel, yes. that's fuel. a gold ingot. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yes, uh, but but you'll always um, you need the nine men to receive the power up. You won't get the power. Oh, up that's how you get the power up. Okay, yeah. So let's talk real quick about um, like they've got they've got this whole story going, and I think that one of their main uh, focuses is uh, the reality of the situation and and, and realism. And I want to I want to go over the fact that you are blowing up these these facilities where these people are being held, and you expose them to the incredible pressure. Of the deep sea. Yeah, of the bottom of the ocean. Of the bottom of the ocean. And they're just going to swim to the top. <laughs> and yeah, they got the bends real bad. I know. Like, I, I know that it's, I know I'm just nitpicking and, and, and being pedantic here, but I, I always thought Yeah, because if you're going to be that literal and you look at the size of the sub, you can see the bottom of the ocean and the surface of the ocean at all times. So it's not a very deep ocean. And that sub can only fit nine people. Well, if you, if you can see... New York, which has been uh, changed into a, a very Christian uh, place with with cross shaped buildings everywhere. I, I, I'm not really sure why that's New York, but if I does can any, see, does any place have cross shaped buildings in the whole world? Like, is there a single building that has been built like a cross? If you're if you're going by how tall buildings in New York are, you can see that. Like, all right. It's a tall building, so that much mean that like this much space is equal to that. That's height. true. See, I was going yeah. a different route, and I was going with the size of the people, which are now that we now that we're talking about it, it's all very disproportionate. Well, I think I'm glad that you mentioned the New York thing though too, because it's like 
you know, each level is supposed to be a real place on Earth. So you have like New York, Hawaii, China, India, like all of these places. And I think one thing that's really interesting about that is like it really like it helps the story, too, because like think about this situation where it's like all of these humans who are now referred to as manham are now like <laughs> trapped under the bottom of the ocean working for the you know the evil fish people and you have to like basically bomb the factories free these people you know or they get eaten by sharks right in front of you it's like this is a pretty dark game for the time and you know they do not care about south america at all <laughs> they'll go to the north pole before they go there <laughs> <laughs> that's the last thing they're pretty biased towards the northern hemisphere i'm not really sure why yeah it's a it's a natural route of new york to egypt to the north pole like you know that's just a normal north <laughs> well, pole it's, route it's new york to hawaii to china to india to egypt to greece to england to the north pole back to new york <laughs> yes and the reason why I only said New York, Egypt, North Pole, Sam, was this way we wouldn't have to walk our viewers through each level <laughs> like that. Um, they're not sharks. Can we just can we just drop the uh, the shark things? They are killer orca whales, and it really annoys me that you keep calling them something else. I thought they were dolphins. I'm quitting. Don't quit because I want to talk about the um, the enemy patterns in the game. You know, kind of like the the different shapes that they form when they're coming at you. And how they like, I guess like what I really like about this game is the creative enemy patterns because they don't just do like, okay, now we're going to just come straight at you in a line and then we're going to go like each person dips down low. It was kind of like they all had like arcs that were a little less than predictable and you'd kind you would get burned if you were like shooting where they were instead of anticipating where they were going to be. Now let's, I think we need to, if we're going to talk about enemy patterns, we also have to, uh, speak about the terrible weapon you have um i think that because these are very familiar patterns that we're seeing um we saw them in are you talking about gradius we're yes i'm sorry uh we, we've seen patterns like these in gradius but you have a weapon that is sort of uh useful and in this game you just have this pea shooter and even after you get upgrades it's just a slightly bigger pea shooter and th i think that's what what creates most of the difficulty in this game is that it's it's very hard to even to even shoot these things at all. But then it spreads into three pea shooters. True, but it it's it takes a while to even get to that point. I think there were a lot more uh, there were a lot more helpful in Gradius when it came to uh, alternate firing patterns. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was a point in Gradius where you would just became a beast. Yeah, you know, you just had like everything and anything under the sun. Yeah. So I, with that, that makes any strange uh, pattern that these enemies take much more difficult i don't it definitely made the game more challenging but i did appreciate that uh you know that there there was a there was already so much going on and then they said you know what let's just send like a, a an unpredictable wave of of enemies constantly at you so this way it's like you got to shoot them with the pea shooter thing, but then you also have to use, like, your ice ball cannon thing and, like, things on the ground. Well, some of them, like the Nautilus enemy, whatever it's called. Don't worry about the names. <laughs> I'm looking up the manual. It's just the one that's, like, looks like a Nautilus. Oh, wait. It is a shark. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. You now have to leave the podcast. Well, well. It looks like an orca whale. I it don't does. know, man. I can understand your confusion, though, Sean, because it wasn't included in the radio drama. They never mentioned whales or <laughs> sharks. So I can understand why you're confused. I'm just looking at the coloring. It's a it's a very black and white shark. It's not like a blue shark. Yeah, I respect that you that you came clean about it. You could have just like kept quiet. No one would have known. But I respect that you decided to admit that it was a shark. I'm a man of honor. So how do we feel about the humans being called manhams? Is that like, are you going to do that as your new nickname? I think it's pretty cute. You know, I think uh, I think that adds to the personality that this game has. I mean, maybe the developers weren't going to call them manhams, but whoever was in charge of localizing this game definitely wanted to sneak in some manham. <laughs> And it, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the story say that, like, the Neptunians had run out of Manham, so they had to enslave the human race to get more? So they had, like, another source of Manham? Like, are we just a—are we life-seeded on Earth as a as a secondary source of Manham, and our, our actual home planet is Neptune? After they had used up all of the, uh, the Moai heads, you know, they— <laughs> Then they moved on to people. I think it's worth thinking about. Does anybody have any more gameplay thoughts? I, I feel like we haven't done uh, enough justice. Like, like if you, if you wouldn't mind, could each of you tell me maybe like how long you actually spent with the game? I'll go. I'll say that I spent a good forty minutes with this game, and I, that that seems high to me considering how little I really like had fun with it. Um, <clears throat> I do appreciate. Uh, like the added depth it's not just shooty 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 um but i i found all of the distractions uh to be you know quite distracting um <laughs> as one does as one does and i'd say that i i do like the idea of of having to keep up your fuel and uh having to worry about like crowd control because you got to jump into the fray to pick up uh um the people that you're rescuing um, the almost manhams, if you will. Um, but I, I thought it was just a little too chaotic for, uh, for you to like get into a groove, or at least for me to get into a groove. But then again, I'm very bad at video game. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent about a half hour with it, if that. To be honest, I, I watched more videos on it afterwards to have a have a good idea of it. But it's funny because even right now, I, I'm watching footage of it, and it looks fun. But I didn't have a ton of fun with it either, so I didn't I didn't spend a ton of time with it. But and I think a big part of it for me was the same was a similar thing where the, I think that sixty second timer is too at least for it's too short of an amount of time for me to be able to be comfortable before I have to start finding where my next source of fuel is going to be. Yeah, I I agree, and that's this is also coming from me who is somebody that will wake up in a panic just because <laughs> he hears his alarm. Uh, so if you if you give me an alarm sound, I'm, there's going to be some weird Pavlovian response. It's just going to put me in a panic. And then Sam, how how long did you have? Yeah, I played around the same amount of time, around 40, 40 minutes, I think. Um, but even though I wasn't great at this game, I still did like it a lot because I think that it's something that you know if you spend enough time with it, the second you see an enemy, you know how it's going to behave because they all have pretty unique shapes uh, and pretty unique behavior. So it's something that I could see. Like this would be my jam if I was a kid in the eighties, I think. Yeah, I think I think that's that's true for me too. I think um, you know, and we'll get more into this in the essential games list, but th this game, in I guess I would say it intrigued me, never really clicked with me, and uh, I do agree that like if this was the game of the month, you know, or like you know the game of the six months, who knows how often you get video games when you're a kid now? Yeah, but like 
if that was my game, I probably would have stuck with it. Whereas now it's kind of like, well, I mean, there's just so much more to play. I don't really need this. But I feel like I might have stuck with this one if I had that, um, if I had like that incentive of like, this is the only game you have for a while, so enjoy it. Yeah, I think even, I think I like it a little bit more than that. I think that, I don't know, I think this is one of my favorite games that we played so far. All right, all right, wow. we'll save it for the essential yeah. games list. Save but it for I, the I, games I, list. I feel like I need to point out that just because you're stuck with the game, I, I think we've we brought this this point up a bit when, like, you know, you don't have a, a 400 game Steam library or you don't have a, a streaming service like PlayStation Now or something like that. You had to find the most value out of the games that you owned. And I get that, but what? I don't know how that affects the quality of, or the perceived well, quality of a game. I don't think it's that. I don't think I think it's just learning the game. You know, we came into it not really like, you know, we came into it blind for 40 minutes. And I feel like that's that. I guess I see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm talking more, Sean. I'm talking about like, I think it's not so bad that I would have just like grinded through it. I think I would have actually like took the time to learn right. the game and the mechanics around, you know, like, like it's not it's not a, an incredibly shallow game. The real problem with this game is that it's just not, it's not polished. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, it's, I can agree it, with it that. has a lot of ideas that it doesn't fully execute, but I think I would have forgiven that if I was like a kid, yeah. you know, I don't think I would have been like as hard on the game if it was like, this is the game you have. So enjoy it. I would have been like, okay, I'll figure it out. Yeah. And I think okay. that lack of polish is just like what was par for the course at the time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a. <laughs> I, that's I don't like know. a huge statement about the NES. <laughs> that's right just there. like, it, yeah, it games is, in general just you know sucked. So we should just take this as it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when we see a, like a like a Zelda or something like that, or a, or a Gradius, it's like it stands out because every other game like that isn't like that. You know? That's like I know what yeah, you're, I see I what what you're saying. saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. going about it in a, re- a very roundabout way. But I don't know. I feel like that once you can click with this game, I feel like it'll it would be really fun. But I think that would take a little bit of time to really understand the kind of clunky mechanics. The meta. Yeah, I think that it wouldn't be impossible like to this compared to other games that we played. that seemed a little bit unfair. You know, I hear you. I, 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 I guess I still felt some unfairness, but not not so much as some of the more the more recent games we've played. And then, uh, you know, we talked about how much time did you spend on it. Now, how much would you pay for it? Oh, that's that's difficult. So we're talking about in 1986 right now. I think I'm talking about $2018. $2018, I would pay. Is this bundled with anything or am I just paying for this game? You're just getting the game. 50 cents. Oof. Okay. <laughs> Joe? <laughs> uh, if we're talking $2018 uh, instead of $2019 for some reason, I would. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I... <laughs> I didn't want to get people confused with the new inflation rates. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since that happened, the incident. I don't know. Yeah, I probably wouldn't pay much for it. I'd pay probably a couple dollars. Okay. And Sam? Yeah, like three dollars probably. Okay, yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think I think five dollars is kind of where I'm at with this game. Maybe ten, but I'm about to just, you know, let it be known that school is Schoon is expensive, guys. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, Schoon is $60 loose. That's the same price as a, you know, reta- like, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, but... And that's 60 bucks. Are you saying, like, you know, for collectors to buy this, they have to find it on eBay for 60 bucks? And that's just by itself, Sean. I should mention that if you want it complete with the box and manual, because the manual has the deep lore, you're looking at <laughs> six. 
You're looking at six hundred dollars. Six hundred. But these are prices that are are driven solely by their rarity and only because collectors want them, not because people want to play the game. Like, Absolutely right. true. One hundred percent true. It's like Super Metroid is a forty dollar game because people want to play it. It's actually not rare. People just dictate like if you want the right to play this game correctly you got to pay $40. Whereas like with Schoon, it is completely just the fact that it cannot be found. <laughs> and I think that has something to do with like, you know, we didn't talk about this at the top of the show, but this is another like Broderbun got their hands in this somehow. So just keep that in mind um, when thinking about this game, because we always think about the Broderbun games because they're weird. They're, they're like kind of indie. And then they also produce some garbage like Deadly Towers so every now and again, I just like, I hear Broderbund and it's like, that's a name I haven't heard since the last episode. <laughs> like, they, just, they just keep showing up. I, I, I still have to think it's just because we're going chronologically and they just dumped a bunch of games out at once. Is that not the case yeah, here? That is the case here. It's the September 87 Broderbund dump. They've dumped now, <laughs> they have dumped now six name. games on us. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think, uh, does anybody else have any stray thoughts? I have one stray thought. I'd love to hear it. And here's here's the thing. I, I played this game maybe like two weeks ago, to be totally honest. So so it's not quite as fresh what this thought is, but if I remember correctly, the pause sound is not a pause oh my sound gosh, at right, all. Oh you're right, you're it just right. It's just a music change. There's like a different music track for the pause screen. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. Yeah, so that was, you know, that was a, a new, new level for, for Joe's pause sounds. So I feel like if there is, there's got to be a, like an historic document chronicling pause sounds through history, or if there isn't, you have to write it. But if that's the case, then Schoon must have a chapter to itself. Oh, yes. Schoon and, and, and the future of pause sounds. Schoon essentially invented like menu music, in-game menu right. music. That's true. And and let me ask Sean if if I were to make a historical you know a document of of all pause sounds like when do you think it would begin like what year would I start at oh uh, like when, what was the first pause sound of anything uh, I think of uh, Mario like no 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 I'm talking I'm talking about it. it's got to be like it's way before that I know it's got to be like before video like like a, a movie paused and made a sound or something right. like maybe it earliest? was like when the first video game on an oscilloscope was made it's probably that like powered down like we turn <laughs> off an oscilloscope Joe I'm not promising anything to our listeners but I would greatly appreciate a article on the website about your love letter to pause <laughs> all right it, it could happen it could happen I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to go through and, and remember all my old pause sounds. Yes. Okay. Uh, guys, I think we've done enough here. Let's break it into the essential games list. Okay, guys, you got uh, 2019, but you're using $2,018 uh, to buy video games in today's time. And you know that Schoon is 60, but you also know you could pirate it probably pretty easily. Point being, would you still consider playing it? Today, because that's what the Essential Games list is all about, would you still consider playing it today versus, like, Kingdom Hearts 3? <laughs> There's not much I would consider doing other than Kingdom Hearts, like, in exchange for Kingdom Hearts 3. Got it. Okay, so maybe that's too high of a standard. <laughs> but would you play it in the year 2019? And don't count the fact that you did play it for this podcast. So, Sean, you're up first. All right. Um, I would say um, that if I were not mandated by... Uh, just the concept of this podcast to play it, I probably would not play it. Uh, but that does not mean that I don't think that it 
it has something to offer like it like we've touched upon this game sort of has you juggling multitasking it's not just shoot the stuff like most of the uh scrolling shooters that we've played so far um it's got a bomb ass uh story that i think should be adapted into a movie um and if nobody does that i think i want to do that but the game itself while it has uh it has some ambitions uh falls pretty flat for me so i would not recommend playing this game i would recommend i would recommend looking at this game and going huh i love that um huh makes you think yeah I didn't, I wasn't blown away by this game. I, while I was playing it at first, I think I was really turned off by the timer. Um, and I don't know, just something about it didn't suck me in. So I, I'm definitely going to not vote it essential. But I will say that I think just listening to Sam has convinced me to at least give it another try and like try and get a little better at it and see if I'm enjoying it more. I can't imagine a world where that'll, that'll make me decide it's essential, but I might. I might have a better opinion of it after that, but definitely not put it on the essential games list. I think that this game is really interesting. I think that kind of approaches um, a shoot 'em up in a way that we haven't seen before, in a way that yeah, like you really don't see a lot of now, where it is like, like I said, like an objective based shoot 'em up. I don't. I'm gonna put it out there now. I don't think it's essential. I think it's like there's a lot of stuff wrong with it, but it has a uh, it has like a main idea and it executes it well. I think even if it's kind of unfair sometimes it's like a lot different than what i've seen a lot of games and so i think if you're interested in like you know game design and how it all works to then check it out because it might make you think of some other stuff i I thought that i thought you were going to go on a little longer thing yeah uh i'd love to hear because i knew you were going to kind of say play it there yeah can you can you go into a little about like why somebody should play it versus like watch a video of it um hmm that's a good that's a good point uh i don't know i think it's i think it's fun (laughs) I think that's what it comes down to. I think it's a fun game. I enjoy, I enjoyed myself when, I'm, when I was playing it. I'll allow yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I will say like that is one thing that I, I do appreciate that it tries to be different than like just everything else out there. Like it, it does. It is. It has obviously a unique story and like different objective than than like most games of of, of this genre at this time. So I mean, I appreciated that. <laughs> we're we're very i'd say we're very lukewarm right now like even yeah though... it's funny because i don't really know sean like how i feel about it going into this essential games list either and it's like that's just been the whole reception of the episode right it, it's just been like yeah you know i just think it's uh yeah <laughs> like, i mean it's good. i appreciate I it it's if good. it was polished it would be essential i'll say that i think if it was like if okay it so took... what would what would the the 2019 post-apocalyptic version of this movie be and i'm sorry this i keep calling it a movie because it's just ripe for movie making but this game right, it really is like, just if, like somebody should buy the rights right now <laughs> what schoon remake 2019 play like open world <laughs> plays like schoon <laughs> no no no. okay wait, i'll save sam here for a second because i'll tell you right now sean yeah schoon 2019 like the remake would not be a 3D open world game where you have to go between palaces and stuff like that. It would be like kind of like Hyper Light Drifter meets submarine 2D shmup. Okay. You know, like your submarine would be crazy. It would have all these awesome extra add-ons. The entirety of like each new, the New York level wouldn't just like show you New York in the background for like a brief second. It would be like the whole thing is like you navigating in between the buildings of New York as it's underwater 
fighting off these like weird mutant mermaids. Thank you, Mike. This sounds like a wow, great game. Okay, I, I kind of want to play Schoon 2019. Uh, but <laughs> yes. are there are though are there romanceable companions? Are you talking about the naked mermaid on the front? <laughs> I would never suggest such a thing, Michael. Well, who they they mentioned the the princess, right? Yeah, that's and the princess. She's naked. No, no, and no, she no. She shows no. up on the title screen. She okay. We didn't touch upon this, but I think what Sam is saying, uh, uh, he, he's mentioning the Miss Neptune, Miss Neptune, the winner of the Neptune, like Miss <laughs> Neptune com- competition. Like, is she the queen of Neptune or did she just win a pageant? Uh, you got me. I, I don't know. I think, no, I think it's like Miss Neptune's your name. It's like, you, you know, the queen of England. It's like you become Miss Neptune. Okay. Okay. I prefer the pageant. I see it like a royalty thing. Well, with, with boobies like that, Whoa. she probably won the pageant. Well, that's it's, it's on the front cover. I just don't understand what's going on here with Nintendo being like, Censor this, censor that, <laughs> but but don't censor these, you know, these mermaid things because they're not really doing <laughs> mermaid things. Are you talking about the box art or the cover of the manual? Like I'm no, yeah, no, I, no, don't, the title I don't see it anywhere. Oh, I see the title it's screen, the title guys. Screen. Of the oh, game. Oh, oh. Okay, well, sorry. Yeah, I kept saying I kept saying front, but I meant like the first beginning. thing you see on screen. Well, all right. Uh, do you mind if I put in my vote for the essential games list? Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do it real fast. It's it's a no. Um, and, and, and I don't even know if I'd say play it because I was thinking about that, but I don't know if I'm going to go back and play it. So for me, it's more like, it's more like watch a video of it. And if that seems interesting to you, which it probably won't because it's honestly, it's like pretty dull on like the graphic <laughs> side of things. But I would say that just like, if somebody wrote this down on paper or even wrote it on the back of a box and I was at like a game store and I was like, wow, that sounds like a lot's going on. I'll give that a shot. I think people would have given this a shot, but I don't think like after you play it or even after you see it, you'll be inclined to give it that shot as well. And I think that just comes down to the polish that we keep talking about. And it's like the polish isn't just like changing mechanics. I think the polish is figuring out how to balance all of the mechanics. Yeah. Something that they really couldn't do here. You know, there was like a lot going on and ultimately it just results in like, that annoying alert that Sean hates yeah. so much uh, when yeah, you get down to 20 right. seconds. And I agree with it. You know, it's like, that, that that's how it is. That's that's fair. And we already have uh, what I would consider two great shmups on the NES. So I don't think like Schoon is like a desperate, you know, like I would, I would say that that would be desperate to be like, I need another shmup. Take Schoon. I'll pay 60 bucks. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> well, that's Schoon, guys. All right. That's Schoon. Um, I think that's the end of the episode. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, I'm Michael Esposito, and we run Nostalgia, uh, all of the Michael Espositos in the world. So you just go <laughs> on to Facebook. <laughs> you go on to Facebook and you just type in Michael Esposito, just friend him and be like, from Nostalgia. And he'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, because I'm not on Facebook. But I am on Twitter, and you can find me there at, at EspositoFilm. Uh, Nostalgia is going through like a thing right now where the website is being updated and being polished so let, you know if you like that let me know um, but if you're going to email us i just ask that you email through the website for the time being because i'm not so certain that we still have our gmail at this point oh uh, that's something that yeah uh, that's something i'll talk about um on another time when i actually know but it's okay because in the meantime if you go through the contact form which most people do 
I know our boy Dante does that. Dante. Uh, if, you go through the, uh, if you go through the contact form on the website, you'll definitely get a hold of us. If you send an email to the old uh, Gmail account, there might be a good chance you don't hear back from us because Gmail uh, held our account for ransom. Mike, I really wish you would have told us this before we went live. I, I, I just think it's funny to like announce that in the show for real Z. Wait, so can, can you just give us a little bit more detail? Why are they holding it ransom? They, they, they want money. Oh. Like, they want money, and we're a nonprofit. <laughs> we don't make money. We're trying really hard to bankrupt. Yeah, we're trying really hard to bankrupt ourselves. And some of you have been very nice to, like, give us money, which is more than nice, oh, actually. Yeah. you it's, guys like, are amazing. It's just beautiful. But, like, that's not, we're not saying everybody should do that. And I think that they just need to know why their questions might not be being answered. All right, we should send this episode to Google. Yeah, I'll, I'll send them a plea. <laughs> or, you know what, instead of a plea, I'll just tell them that I plan to flood the earth and and kidnap all of their Manham employees if they don't comply. Manham. That's uh, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Um, come back soon. we got another great episode coming up for you next Friday. <laughs> This is the post show. Uh, this is a shame. Before we get into whatever the topic of the post show is, it's a shame that this just came up right now as we were ending the episode. But like I said, I'm watching a video, and apparently, after like level six, you get a message that says from the Neptunians that says, "We are not done for. Our reinforcements are arriving, Neptunians." It's signed <laughs> Neptunians, <laughs> like we would sign humans, like sincerely, all humans. Maybe they're all like a collective conscience. You know, they, like, they have shared sentience. And they just, ah, that could be. They just all think alike and, and do and act on behalf of the water. Well, yeah, we don't gotcha. know too much about this, the the Neptunians aside from, like, I feel like they're every kind of, of marine animal. Like, are they just every marine animal is originally Neptunian? That could be. Or like, no, that, it, 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 I think they just got their Yeah, I guess they all are, like, based on, yeah. All right, I don't buy that. I don't like. I get that there could be some sort of like para- parallel evolution or convergent evolution, but the fact that there's frogs and and shellfish and well, maybe it's like what you said, where they no, they don't, don't, don't they seeded Earth, they seeded Earth with humans, but then also put some Neptunians undercover underwater, and all sea life that we know are really just Neptunians. All right, I like that better. I like that better. There you go. Wow, this has better flow than the episode. <laughs> well, I think it's because all right. Um, this is our first, uh, completely remote record and That's it's, true. it's hard to, uh, to gauge when people are done and, yeah. uh, we're going to have a solution for that though. Don't worry. Okay. Are we going to I'm gonna give, I'm, blink I'm gonna give twice? Everybody shot. I'm going to give shock collars to everybody <laughs> and then I have little buttons. So I'll shock you when it's your time to speak. All right. That's I think a great that, idea. Yep. Um, that's, um, that's called, uh, shock cast. Do we have to pay? Do we have to pay a subscription for Shotcast? Uh, I'll pay the subscription price. You just wear the collar, buddy. <laughs> okay, sounds good.
Uh, oh, hi. You know, this was a pink submarine, but does anybody know about the yellow submarine? Is that a reference to something? You know, the, the movie? Yeah. Oh. The yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, that's what I was thinking about as playing this game. I was like, oh, I, I know the only other submarine I know is the yellow <laughs> that'd submarine. Be, what about... That'd uh, be a the, fun the, crossover if it was like... The Red October. Tr- Sean Connery. The Hunt for Red October. That's true. Yeah. Sam, I like yellow. where you're going, though. A ROM hack where you play as the Beatles. In this <laughs> yeah, but it goes through... Like, have you seen the movie? Oh, yeah, man. It. It's, like, and really trippy. The man all the manham people that fall out of the they're like the, the blue meanies the, no no no. they oh. are just you know like slightly changed sprites to make them look more like the beatles yeah and then the blue meanies would be all the enemies how yeah. could you change uh, those little those tiny little stick you make them a little bit like bigger <laughs> okay. and you bigger. give them british accents yeah it's right. easy <laughs> i'm pretty sure Broderbund's daughter drew those sprites. Broderbund's just a guy. Broderbund's daughter sounds like a band. <laughs> yeah, Broderbund's daughter's cool, but I was saying Broderbund in the same sense that they say Neptunia. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's just the collective conscience of that company. We are Broderbund. All right, guys, that's it for the post show, too. Uh, I wanted um, to ask guys Sam more yeah. really hard questions. <laughs> yeah, Grilliman. I'm doing the sense of like Really, thing. really hard. Like, in, in three sentences or less, describe the best way to improve the the color palette of this game uh, please restate the question more <laughs> muted colors sam you have 20 minutes to open unity and recreate spoon in its entirety uh, well he thought we were asking him to cre- create a tra- music track on the spot <laughs> that is i can't believe he <laughs> thought did, i was asking him to that. do that <laughs> oh my gosh all right guys let's get out of here all right i'm all right. Uh, i'm pressing well, and stop. by get out of here i mean just hit the stop yeah, I'm pressing stop <laughs> all right, right everybody now. i'm pressing stop